This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Masks are optional in most indoor spaces. Federal COVID funding is rapidly draining, but the virus isn't slowing down. The BA5 variant has cases spiking in Chicago, where the COVID warning level is back to high. But this time, local public officials show no sign of reinstating mask or vaccine mandates. We're going to take a closer look at what makes the BA5 variant different from previous COVID strains and find out what we can do to stay protected. Joining us is Dr. Mia Teramina, infectious disease specialist at Dooley Health and Care. Welcome, doctor. Hey, Sasha. And we're taking your calls, too. So give us a call right now at 866-915-WBEZ. And Dr. Teramina will answer your questions. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. So, doctor, we, we know that the COVID warning level is now back to high here in Chicago, but are cases rising everywhere in the U.S.? About a third of the country is experiencing a rise, uh, you know, week over week in the last week or so. Um, that's the last data that I've seen. About 35% of the country are showing numbers on that uptick. But that's going to continue through the rest of this month and as we head into the fall. We're going to see general trends going up for the next couple of weeks nationwide. And do we know yet how many people are getting reinfected? You know, we don't have an exact number. There's been some preliminary data. My suspicion is that it's in the millions. Um, we have uh, one study showing about uh, 24 states were evaluated and at least 1.6 million reinfections were identified. Um, but even anecdotally, what I'm seeing among my patients, I'm seeing many people who have had COVID two or three times. So I suspect at this moment in time, there are probably several million people that have had COVID more than once. And we're going to be seeing more reinfections through the fall. Yeah. So, so does this mean, is, is BA5 more severe than other variants? Remind us. So it's not necessarily more severe. All of these Omicron strains have caused, at best, uh, some inconvenient symptoms in keeping you home. But also in many people who are, you know, quite certain, hey, if I get it, it won't be that big of a deal, are finding themselves pretty down and out and feeling pretty miserable for several days in there. So it's, it's no cakewalk, but it's not necessarily hospitalizing people that don't have other underlying risk factors or other health issues. We are seeing little upticks in our hospitalizations. Um, eventually, as in a numbers game, as more people become infected, more people will get hospitalized and more mm -hmm. people, unfortunately, will pass away. But in general, it's the flu-like body aches, headache, uh, fever, sore throat that just really knocks you out for several days when you get sick. And now a reminder to our listeners, Dr. Teramina is answering your calls today as well. So what questions do you have about BA5? COVID protocol has changed so much over the past two years. So I'm sure you've got some questions. Uh, what do you want to know about the precautions that we should be taking right now? Our number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. Doctor, let's go to the phones. We've got Mark waiting in Broadview. Hey, Mark. Welcome to Reset. Hey, how you doing? Thanks very much. Um, doctor, I was, uh, I had COVID last month, maybe five weeks ago. I assume it was four or five. Um, what came along with that was the nasty coughing for a few days. Um, that said, I was able to, I'm a regular runner, I was able to run through it. I didn't even think it was COVID at first. Um, but my question is really around uh, precautions that I should be looking at um, related to working out heavy. I'm, you know, my train's wrapping up towards a marathon. 
and I'm I'm planning on um, a trip up Pikes Peak. So, are are there any risk fa- additional risk factors we should be concerned about with that, or as long yeah, as I can tolerate it, it's good. So, so he's looking for the lingering impacts that COVID may or may not have on high intensity workouts, doctor. That's a very good question because we do have uh, even endurance athletes that seem to recover from COVID quite well, but still have some lingering exercise tolerance issues for weeks afterwards. Uh, Mark, I certainly don't know your age, but especially if you're above mid 40s or above 50, you should definitely check in with your doc before you do the higher level endurance stuff. Even if you're feeling great, it might be prudent to grab an EKG or maybe even ultrasound of the heart. Make sure everything's looking appropriate as you're recovering, even a quick chest x-ray to make sure there doesn't appear to be any changes that would be worrisome, especially with long endurance events coming your way. So I'm glad you're recovering well. I'm glad you were able to run through it and it really sounds good. But I think the most prudent thing to do would be to check in with your doc as the training ramps up in the months to come. Thanks, Mark, for that question. Over and out of Terry in Bartlett. Hi, Terry. Welcome to Reset. Hi, how are you? And um, I was wondering if I walk into an empty room, but there was somebody with COVID in there uh, previously, how long does that COVID uh, hang in the air? Um, And then the second question is, uh, if somebody with COVID is in the same room, but they're 20 feet away, I'm more than social distancing. uh, Could I still get it? So. Those good are good question, questions, Terry. Terry. There's a lot, of, a lot of factors that come into play, including the size and ventilation of the room. That's going to be sort of the most uh, important. When we have somebody that's in a small space and they're in that room for a considerable period of time and they are positive for COVID, you still could have, you know, some detectable contagious virus in that same small space, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour later. But if a long time has passed and you're walking into a space, uh, say a uh, gymnasium, or a large uh, restaurant or something like that, a long time after somebody has left the area, the Mm -hmm. chances of there being meaningful virus still lingering there are less and less. And again, good ventilation, good high ceilings, lots um, lots of breathing room usually allows that virus to dissipate more readily and become less contagious in that space. You know, we've been told since the beginning of the pandemic that being outside lowers our risk of getting COVID. Is that still true with BA5, doctor? Because I'm asking you this on the heels of a lot of us gathering outside over the past weekend for music festivals. Yeah. Uh, Outside is still going to be safer than inside. Um, However, social distancing is still a thing. And if you are gathering in an outdoor space at a sporting event or, uh, you know, music issue or something like that, you're going to be in very close proximity to a lot of people, even amusement parks, standing in lines. In all of those scenarios where socially social distancing can't be maintained, we lose a little bit of that protection of being outdoors. So yes, being outdoors is safer than being indoors and will continue to be the safer alternative, but that doesn't mean you're immune to getting COVID in outdoor spaces if you're gathering in large groups for festivals mm-hmm. and events. Are you avoiding outdoor crowds? 
I would say that I am being mindful. Um, I wish I could say that I'm avoiding it altogether because with summer activities and being a mother, I certainly find myself in scenarios where, boy, it sure is a crowded event right now and let's take a step back. Um, I can't say that I'm necessarily, you know, wearing a mask everywhere outdoors. I still am in, in indoor spaces for sure, especially when there is crowding. Um, but outdoor spaces, I'm sort of constantly surveying the area and sort of taking the step back from the heart of where all the people are, basically being on the fringes. So a bit of a hybrid approach, I would say. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're on the line with infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Teramina, and we're discussing what makes BA5 different from previous variants of COVID-19. If you've got questions about BA5, give us a call. That number is 866-915-WBEZ. Again, 866-915-WBEZ. Here is Michelle in Lincoln Park. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, I just, I'm wondering, I had COVID about two weeks ago and I'm vaccinated and boosted. So I'm just kind of wondering how long I'll have this bump in immunity. I know that is a factor that keeps changing as the variants change. Thanks, Michelle. So yeah, that that absolutely does keep changing, Michelle. I would say that you're in decent shape having recovered so recently because in all probability you did get a BA4 or BA5 variant. Uh, the folks that had COVID back in December and January with the original stains of Omicron absolutely are seeing reinfections with BA5. I think the same holds true with what's going around at the time of when you become infected. And I think it is reasonable to still expect at least least a few months of bumped immunity. I haven't seen anybody infected in the last couple of weeks get reinfected two weeks later. Have I seen yeah. folks get reinfected six or eight weeks later? I have. So I think you start to have that drop in immunity after a while, but having those antibodies to the later versions of Omicron are going to be more beneficial than folks that were infected several months ago for sure. You know, this is a popular question, doctor. We've got a couple other callers who were Asking the same thing, just recently recovered from COVID a couple of weeks ago, wondering how long they're going to have uh, immunity. Uh, when it comes to the vaccines, being up to date, of course, we want to make sure that we protect ourselves against BA5. But what is up to date these days? Like, should we have three shots? Should we have four So the standard definition of being up to date is going to be that you have received your vaccine doses in the primary series and all boosters for which you're eligible. If you have any concerns about if you are eligible for a booster, um, you can certainly speak with your provider. I think where we missed this a little bit is folks that have underlying immunocompromise, their primary series is usually one additional shot beyond those who are not immunocompromised. So they may have three doses in their primary series and may then be eligible for fourth and fifth doses as a booster and second booster. I think the other gray area here is healthy folks between 50 and say 64, because everyone mm -hmm. over age 50 is eligible for a booster right now, but only one quarter of folks that really need boosters above age 50 have received one. And I think a lot of people are dragging their heels waiting for the fall to get a more variant specific booster. And for healthy folks, that might be reasonable, especially if you're vaccinated, boosted and COVID recovered. But if mm -hmm. you have risk factors, I think the time is now to go ahead and get boosted, and I do not think that that's going to impact you getting another booster this fall of a more variant-specific 
uh, uh, booster shot that becomes available. So don't wait too long, especially if you're over 50 with risk factors. If you're eligible, go ahead and get that booster now. Yeah. A reminder, if you're listening right now and you've got a question for infectious disease specialist, Dr. Mia Teramina, right now is the time to give us a call before we wrap up the conversation. You can reach us at 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Here's one that we got on Twitter, doctor. This is from Noah. Uh, Noah asks, what do you know about the risk of long COVID from Omicron? So we are seeing long COVID uh, with Omicron. We're definitely seeing folks that had Omicron in December and January still experiencing symptoms all these months later. It will remain to be seen how we uh, weather the storm of BA4 and BA5, if those are also variants that cause an equal amount or more or less long COVID symptoms and syndromes. So I think the vast majority of folks being honest with themselves had symptoms for longer than the five or six days when they were significantly ill. Most people have some body aches, fatigue, fever, stuff that lingers for at least a couple of more weeks. But once we get into four to six to eight weeks after COVID recovery, then we're really honing in on folks that are developing some of those long COVID syndromes. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we definitely are seeing it with Omicron as well. Got a couple back-to-back callers here for you with uh, questions about masking. First up here is Barry in Wicker Park. Hey, Barry. Hi, um, I'm just wondering with cases on the rise, uptick in hospitalization, several hundred people dying a day in the country from COVID already, um, and, a, and a variant that is not covered well by vaccines, why is there no mask mandate being implemented as a preventive measure? That's a great question. Um, We'll look to LA because I think they're going to be the first uh, to reinstate mask mandates uh, indoor spaces in in the the coming weeks. I think that they're going to be the first to do it. And we'll see how things roll out across the country and other areas. Unfortunately, there's a political and economic component uh, to all of this. So I'm not sure how this is all going to pan out. I am hopeful that we will have variant-specific boosters that do a little bit better at protecting against Omicron in, in, you know, by September or October. And hopefully that will coincide with when we're really seeing an uptick and in previous years had to revert to mask mandates. I have a hard time, unfortunately, in the political and economic climate that we're in right now, seeing universal mask mandates coming back. I don't think we will. So uh, those of us who are, you know, sort of uh, taking on that personal responsibility, um, have those masks handy as we, you know, start into the fall and into the school year, et cetera and being very mindful about, you know, what what these trends are showing. Here's Irene in Northbrook. Hey, Irene, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Uh, So we have a wedding coming up, and um, it's going to be indoors in Cook County, probably at least 200 people, service and reception at the same uh, venue, all indoors. Uh, There may be opportunities to step outside. Um, However, we're concerned about whether to attend. Um, we've been boosted and had our vaccine, but we're, you know, in our 60s. So, yeah. um, you know, we're thinking if we go, we definitely have to wear a mask. But how safe is it to go at all? Good question. Yeah. So certainly if you have underlying health issues being in your 60s, um, we are constantly hearing of weddings and gatherings and graduation parties becoming 
a little clusters of outbreaks uh, that do happen and do occur. I would say if you do go, absolutely have a mask on. Best protection for you is going to be an N95 or KN95. And, you know, to the extent that you know the host of the wedding and uh, seating arrangements, if you can be sat during mealtimes with folks that you know are also vaccinated and boosted, that's going to be advantageous as well. Stepping outside will be advantageous, especially if you uh, have the ability to have, you know, more prolonged conversations and interactions with folks outdoors. Um, otherwise, observe yourself for symptoms after the gathering and, you mm-hmm. know, test yourself probably five days after a, a big event like that out of an abundance of caution so that you can begin some therapies if you need to, uh, if you do indeed test positive afterward. Uh, a quick follow-up here, doctor. This this question actually comes from Michael in Lincoln Park, but Michael asks, how useful is it to wear a mask indoors when everybody around you isn't? Yeah. If you're looking to protect yourself, it's going to have to be an N95 or KN95. Wearing a mask indoors um, that is just a simple surgical mask or, you know, even a cloth mask, if you're still wearing those, is is going to protect a a number of droplets coming from you if you cough or sneeze or if you're speaking loudly. But really to protect yourself in an environment where no one else is masked, if that's your goal, you need to be in a tight-fitting mask that has multiple layers like an N95. That is Dr. Mia Teramina with Dooley Health and Care. Doctor, thank you so much for stopping by and answering all of our questions. Have a great rest of the week. You too. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.